need to do a dive into is baby Mario an adult of his species, which is the baby Mario. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> I got some questions okay. about... And baby Luigi, a different species. They cannot <laughs> procreate. Baby they Mario... And... anyway because they're brothers. <laughs> right, but they're also of a different species. <laughs> It's good. It's good. That, it's okay that we're not recording because the FBI just started recording for us. So, like, we're, yeah, we're gonna be able to. Let's get the show on the road. We can keep okay. talking about bullshit, but first, let's say our names. <laughs> Topic Lord slogan. Topic Lords. I'm Jenny. I'm Chris. And I'm Jim, and this is Topic Lords, the only place on the internet you're going to hear topics discussed. Jenny, would you like to introduce yourself, or do you have anything to plug? Hi, I'm still Jenny. Um, Riff and I have started doing the Rusty Lake series of games for our Let's Plays that are on uh, his channel at youtube.com slash rifflesby. And they are some weird, weird, like, uh, Flash-style puzzlers where some uh, some stuff do happen. Like, like Room Escape stuff, or...? Yeah, a little bit, little bit room escapey, though they're kind of bite-sized. So we started with their newest game, which is interesting because it's a two-person, like, uh, not actually synchronized, um, like, you play it synchronously, but it's not synchronized at all, puzzler, where it's, it's like an asymmetric thing, you're doing different stuff and communicating, kind of like a keep talking and no one explodes, uh, room escape kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, and that was fun. And way less weird than their earlier stuff, man. <laughs> like, we opened a guy's nipple and there was a little heart inside? I don't even know if it was that guy's actual heart. Huh. Yeah. It, it just, it was, maybe it was a twin, the twin's heart, and that was all that was left of the oh, twin. Oh yeah, that was all that was left of the twin, yeah, after his body absorbed... You know, I just want to I want to jump in and say that uh, it it was it was divisive for the time, but I was a huge fan of the 1980s fantasy film Nippleheart. Um, <laughs> that was yeah. the one that I tried to rent Dragonheart, but instead I got Nippleheart, and I was just so confused. <laughs> right, it was the Turkish it was the Turkish Dragonheart. Uh, yeah, homage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I actually did that with Highlander. I thought I was renting Dragonheart. Completely Have you different movie. Rented Highlander. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> did, did you look at the front of the box? I, I don't know what I did. I'm just curious. <laughs> like, they're Scottish. I thought they're Scottish. Yeah. That's <laughs> true. They both, the dragon is Scottish. Uh, the, the, yeah. the, the immortal is Scottish. The immortal is Scottish. They're basically the same movie. Basically the same film. Yeah. Uh, and Chris, would you like to introduce yourself or do you have anything to plug? I, you know, I almost never plug anything on here, but I do actually uh, have 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 uh, two two quick things to plug. One is uh, uh, the Cool Time Dice Hour. Um, oh, yeah. Which uh, is the uh, podcast that are uh, some of our local improv people have been have been doing. Uh, and Jenny and I have been on a couple uh, and it's been really fun. I have no idea, uh, if like what, what the experience is like, cause I actually haven't listened to any yet, but, um, yeah, me you either. know, like, uh, <laughs> I've, I've heard that they're, I've heard they're fun. So, you know, yeah. Second quick thing to plug, um, somebody, uh, last, last summer. So what you did. Uh, knew, knew what we did. No, well actually, yeah. Cause uh, what it was is, uh, oh. Mike, Mike Russo on the, on the in fiction, uh, oh, uh yeah. forums did a let's play of Cragney Manor, which Jenny, uh, worked on a couple years ago. 
mischievous thing for anyone who um does know what that is but never like jumped into the like the the i don't, I don't know how to describe it like the the james joyce does we got 84 people to write interactive fiction rooms and put them to Put them together. You made them work to work together somehow. Somehow, I sacrificed all of my yeah, all of my uh, personal energy, and I have none left. I am a hollow that shell. That was a heck of a project. Heck of a project. Yeah. Terrible game. Not recommended <laughs> yeah. at all. So if you if you want to if you want to experience some of that, like you you maybe played it for five minutes and, yeah. and don't know I have commands, but you were yeah curious. everybody's played the first room and that's yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I I know some people have hit my room because I still get pinged about it every every now and again. Usually oh, wow, with some okay. like like kind of like you motherfucker. Yeah. You'll of, know uh, when you hit Chris's room. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, you'll know. Yeah, I actually that I'm 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 kind of proud of that. I got my room got a uh, somebody somebody wrote up uh, like a, a TV tropes for Cragney Manor, and I got some mentions. Oh nice. Yeah, we made TV tropes. Like checking out that if you if you've heard about that project or something, like I know Jenny's mentioned it before. Um, you know, somebody did a let's play of it with with extensive text, and you know, yeah, it's actually pretty cool. So a lot of people put a lot of work into it. Yeah. So yeah. when you said the int fiction forums, do you mean on Usenet? The no, int fiction dot org. Infic. Okay. Infic. All right. Is it infic or infiction? Infiction. 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 Org. Okay. Org. All right. Rent Dragonheart. <laughs> you two need to get a room. <laughs> we have so many rooms. <laughs> uh, are we ready to start on some topics? Sure. <laughs> sure. Jenny, your topic is all the stuff we did the, did in the nineties that is horrifying to modern parents now, like sleepovers and latchkey kids. Yeah. So easy, easy lead in on this one. I was just reading a Metafilter thread about sleepovers and. Basically, everyone in the thread was like, I have children right now, and God, I would never send them to just, like, a random friend's parent's house to sleep for the night. Yeah, the modern trend, it's not even that modern, I think we're past it now, we're, we're back in the other side of the of the rubber band, but Ooh. the trend of, like, 15 years ago of, like, helicopter parents was in direct response to, like, how, like, elder millennials and uh, late Gen Xers were raised. Like, they were mm-hmm. left alone a lot of the time. Yeah. And nowadays, it's much, much – like, you will see parents being around their kids much more well, – like, a much greater percentage of the time. But also, they're just on their phone anyway, so – Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, who can even tell? Right. Uh. So, like, it's kind kind of a win – like in that, if something like an emergency happens, they'll be there. But like, yeah, I feel like I feel like I got the opposite of today's stuff, where like I was just like having to fight wolves for food or whatever, you know, kind of like like here, kid, fend for yourself until whatever. Uh, kind of with with my brother, and then uh, during the during the day, and was left pretty much alone to to our own devices. Uh, when we weren't, we yeah. had babysitters and stuff, but it was still you know like. Pretty yeah. pretty open, you know, wandering around. But then, like, oh my god, like they watched what I was looking at my media consumption like a mm. hawk, right? I would have to explain swear words and the things that I was reading to my mom. 
Yeah, I feel like now, like, I'll just, I'll, like, I'll, like, you know, the, there'll be some kid with an iPad, and he's just watching one of those videos of, like, Elsa screaming or whatever <laughs> on YouTube. Like, there's, there's the nightmare fuel stuff that, that YouTube said they fixed, and they totally haven't fixed. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. That's definitely better. That's good to know. Elsa's screaming more quietly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, like Winston was watching YouTube for a while and it wasn't working out. And we eventually just stopped letting him watch YouTube. Mm-hmm. And instead, like, he has to watch Netflix where there's still a lot of bullshit, but it's, you know, more controlled. Yeah. More curated. And it might be a coincidence, but that was like exactly the time that he like started playing with Legos a lot instead of watching TV a lot. And also just became a much more relaxed boy, like, instead of yelling at us all the time. Like, (laughs) could be total coincidence, could be not. Or he was learning how to scream from Elsa. Right. (laughs) I feel like uh, nobody cared what I did as long as I stayed in the house. Mm. That was the thing. Like, my parents did not... Yeah, you can't get up to shit by yourself (laughs) alone in the house. Yeah, definitely uh, you and your sibling can't get up to shit, which, like, mostly we didn't because I'm a giant nerd. Uh-huh. So yep. it was like, oh, is is there a computer here? Cool. Right, yeah. I had Nintendo, right? Yeah. Like, we, we had two-player games on Nintendo. Like, that was, yeah. yeah. In a pretty big backyard, actually, so that was, yeah. that was pretty nice. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I wasn't allowed out of the house because we lived on 10 acres of land and, like, there wasn't any... I could go half a mile to the feed store? Or a quarter mile to the cemetery. Oh, you mean you weren't allowed to go anywhere because there was nowhere to go. There was literally nowhere to go. Although I did get in major trouble for walking um, several miles to the bookstore one time when I was in the house by myself. Mm. How old? How old were you? I was like thirteen or fourteen, goddamn oh, years on. old. Yeah, that's what I said. Most trouble I have been in my entire life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was I was fourteen, I think, when I was literally to get. Uh, to get RPG products and anime at the time, which was just starting to be a thing at all. Mm-hmm. Like I was, I was buying like fan subs and stuff out of the the, the, the CD places. Right, I had, to, I had to walk for like <laughs> I don't know, like like miles, like literal miles. Like it, the, the whole like oh, I had to go in my day uphill in the snow, like for for they real. They just get their fan subs delivered to them on their mobile phone. It, it's like right. a, a public utility. <laughs> yeah. 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 Your yeah. anime goes out, you can call a guy. You'll be like, hello, my anime went out. Like, VLC will download subtitles for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Crunchyroll is basically the backbone of modern society right now. But when I was a kid, like, you know, <laughs> you, you didn't have that, right? Like, you had to you had to walk a long way. And my, you know, my... Yeah, like, there was a guy behind the gas station <laughs> with a trench coat. He opened his trench coat and showed you all his VHS tapes. Mm-hmm. And he wouldn't give them to you. You had to reach in and take them. <laughs> is is that real? Is this a real California thing that you no, guys are I'm, talking I'm, about? Or are you making really? shit up? A uh, new new guy just dropped. Oh, <laughs> a guy with a trench coat who won't hand you the VHS, VHS. tapes. <laughs> you have to put a quarter in his mouth. It only cost a quarter back then. Right. <laughs> now you have to put a Bitcoin in there. <laughs> <laughs> So would you would you send your child to a sleepover, Jim? Not right now. Yeah. Not not with this Winston at this age. Mm. Uh, ask me again in a couple of years. 
Yeah, I guess it's hard to say you know, what, what hypothetical teen version yeah. of Winston are you going to... Like when the capsule, when you put him back in the capsule toy machine and the teen yeah. one comes out, which one are you going to get? That's an interesting metaphor for... <laughs> <laughs> like, I was thinking more along the lines of like he forms the cocoon and then melts oh, into proteins. Right. And then the- <laughs> roll a new one yeah. right. <laughs> here's what you could do you could you could intentionally start giving him bad advice about uh what clothing and hairstyles look good mm. and also like like miss teaching him social skills so that he won't have the kind of friends when he gets to that oh. age that uh will do the kinds of things you don't want him to do i i feel like Kids learn a lot about like way more from their than from their parents. Learn a lot about fashion at school, and like from their peers. Unfortunately, this is this is a major problem. Was like he will learn. He's learning shit that we didn't teach him. Or like where 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 did you learn about this shit? Where did you learn about being buried alive, Winston? (laughs) Holy shit, man! That's dark. That's super dark, literally and figuratively. Yeah. I mean, I guess this is the the how how old is is Winston now? I'm He's sorry, like four, uh, like four and a half. Holy shit, yeah, that's man. pretty. That's pretty young to be learning about learning being about being buried alive. alive? Yeah, yeah. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. I was about four or four or five when I asked my parents how sex worked, and they told me because they didn't want to lie to me about it. And then the next thing that I did uh, the next day at school was I called a conclave of every student on the playground and explained <laughs> sex to all of them, and then was sent home for a week because uh, <laughs> because I had explained to like 60 children uh, who then went home and asked their parents about this. They all had to know. Yeah, they had they to know. They all had yeah. to know. Yeah. No, I had valuable intel. To share with my tribe. <laughs> the other day, Winston asked me if uh, mom was circumcised. <laughs> wow. Ooh. Ooh. I mean, n- no? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, there, there's your answer, no. Yeah, no, I, no, I, I explained that I brought up mm. some diagrams, you know. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm in. I'm in favor of not lying to kids. I just also yeah, like, yeah. There, there are unintended consequences. I think was the was the the so occasionally that you get not intended. You just, you can't tell what kids are going to do with this information. Yeah, right. Like, well, yeah. I think this is a different school than yours was possible. Like, I think if Winston started explaining like all the the female anatomy to the kids around him, they the kids would be like, "Yeah, we know." That's that's good. <laughs> Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do they? Because I feel like adult men don't know. Yeah, but adult men didn't were weren't four year olds in 2023 in the Bay Area. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. See, all the kids that I went to school with know because I made sure. See, they don't have right. Yeah, yeah, they weren't confused. <laughs> about Thank you stuff. for your service. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just thinking about like shit you see on the internet where uh, somebody's like, I had to explain to my boyfriend that women don't only pee once a month on their periods. <laughs> that's <laughs> and also it doesn't come out their butts yeah <laughs> and also there's not an egg that comes out with it and that's how you have a baby i feel like that's just <laughs> not growing up around women like mm. i don't think that that wouldn't even come up in a sex ed class <laughs> <laughs> that's just like not a not being very observant or like you were you were told something by that one friend and just never had contradictory information. Yeah, you had yeah. Calvin's dad. Oh no. <laughs> somebody 
somebody was lied to. Uh, you know, my first my first uh, sleepover that I went to, and I think I was in like about fourth or fifth grade. We decided to go down the stairs, the spiral stairs, in sleeping bags when the parents were not watching. And oh I yeah, actually, I, I did actually turn around and crack my head pretty good. Oh jeez. Yeah. The, the parents were mortified and super, like, they were like, my Molly, please, please don't sue, basically. And she's like, it's fine. He's fine. You know? <laughs> Walk it off, child. Go out in the cactus <laughs> garden and just, I don't know, get some needles. I told, I told Jenny that I had to weed the cactus garden when I was a you kid, which I did. You told me specifically you had to go out and pick up the broken glass from between the cactus. Yeah, there was, because somebody, one of the, the neighbor that had, had the, that was making meth back there, um. <laughs> Like threw beer bottles over the wall, but like the but like I tell the, and Jenny Jenny picks like this story even though that was actually relatively benign out of the it just sounds bad. I mean, picking up broken glass from between cactus it's just a, it's like a thing that I would make up, right? Have, yeah, that's, that's have, some shit for the saw from the saw movies. Yeah, <laughs> I had very careful careful tiny hands. They had the small child hands. That's why they had me do it. Yeah, that's the, that's why the only people who live through the saw movies are the ones with the tiniest hands. Tiniest hands. That's right. Yeah. Tiny hands, the thinnest necks, like yeah. That is a feature of every Saw movie. You're right. The tiny hand, thin necked final girl. Abraham Lincoln would have been like the champion of Saw. Oh man. Oh, that's what I should have done for a topic. Abe Lincoln's wrestling career. Oh, no, yeah. Later, some other time. Some other some time. Other time. <laughs> some other time. Yeah, we're all booked up with, with yeah, topics today. We have soy. Uh, speaking of, are we ready to move on to the next one? Sure. sure. Chris, your topic is the movie for Jurassic Park 2 is somehow worse than the book, and the book is very bad. Yeah, it sure is. Is this the one with Jeff Goldblum, where there's, there's like a match it's cut? It's already yes. The answer is yes. It's yeah. there's, there's like a match cut from like someone screaming to Jeff Goldblum yawning? You, maybe. Maybe. Now I'm trying to remember. It's the one with the gymnastics. Uh, Julianne Moore is in it. There's like a whole army of mercenaries who don't need to be characters. Yeah. Yeah. So I should, I should back up and say that we, we, the only reason that we went back into this nonsense is because <laughs> we've been doing a little like book, book club slash like working on some podcast stuff where like we, we read a book and we, we picked a bunch of books for the first round that like had yeah. movies attached yeah it was like right. this was a relevant book to your childhood that also has a movie that we can go and watch yeah and, something you, yeah and we let trisha go first and she picked the fucking lost world <laughs> <laughs> wait is that two is that jurassic park two it's for jurassic park two the lost world okay. the lost world yeah what's what it was called in the book the weird thing is that it's really obvious that michael Crichton wrote it thinking of the eventual movie mm -hmm. but they were he was writing the book simultaneously to them filming the movie and the movie's kind of a lot different yeah huh. the only things that survived to the movie are the trailer scene which is really cool and was in the boat with the tour the trailer's like halfway out the cliff or whatever and the the oh. t-rex is trying to get their kid back and that was that was kind of cool um and there's lots of there's lots of screaming like those elsa videos and then like uh <laughs> Uh, the only other thing, oh yeah, that's right. So they had a, a super, super badass lady female scientist in the, in the book who was just like, like basically like, like specialized in doing super dangerous stuff. And it was like cool, uh, super cool character. Uh, and they traded out her personality in the, in the movie for some reason, like Julianne Moore was the super annoying guy in the book. who was a guy 
who the whole the whole book like I don't know how people got through the first third of that when they weren't like being forced to for a book club because like you <laughs> you like you, the whole thing depended on on you caring about this one guy who was just like a just incredibly unlikable just a d- duber like it was like an intentional like how <laughs> how annoying can I make this person and it's like why do we care yeah hey, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go in- investigate the dinosaurs for science and I'm smarter than everybody and this is yeah. the voice that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was pretty it was pretty intolerable. Um, yeah, but somehow the movie was worse. Like they they took the already bad plot of the the book and then and then made it worse. And I don't know, like maybe Steven Spielberg briefly took up drinking or something. I don't know because that was <laughs> Steven Spielberg. Like he yeah. made that film, and it feels like Michael Bay trying to do a Steven Spielberg film is what it feels like <laughs> when you watch it. Uh, it's so it's so bad that you're just bored and want to want to stop by the time the dinosaurs are rampaging in San Diego. That's that's yeah. how bad. I don't know how they managed to make that boring, but they did. I've seen like the first half of Jurassic Park 2 and the first half of Jurassic Park 3, mm. and I'm just totally conflating these two movies. Mm. So, I have no idea. So the, the the match cut that I was talking about was in is in, was in the number 3 movie. Number okay. 3. Okay. Yeah. Um and so, like, for in in my head, these two plots are totally like the same thing. I I've seen Jurassic Park three like once a long time ago, and I don't remember anything about it except that it was also bad in a completely different way than two was. Oh, that's exciting! I'm yeah. looking. I'm googling. I see they got Laura Dern back because they realized not having Laura Dern was a mistake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They had uh, William Ace Macy because everything had. William H. Macy, and you were you were contractually obligated to have either William H. Macy or um, what's his nuts, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. In every yeah. film, in your movie in two thousand one. Yep, yeah. Basically, you had to have one person from the cast of Magnolia in your film, or they wouldn't. Yeah. Be oh yeah, that's how they got away with the Lost World because Julianne Moore was in that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's how it got made. Yeah. A waste of Julianne Moore too. That that was a shame. Like yeah. yeah. She could have just been her character from Evolution, and it would have been okay, which was kind of like on the same on the same wavelength, but less uh, whiny. She had to get rescued a lot. That was intentional for somebody. Don't know who. Don't know who did that, but just like, hey, there's this uh, this uh, female character who her whole thing is not having to get rescued and being the person who does the rescuing. We're gonna uh, we're gonna make her need to get rescued a lot. Cool. Here's billions of dollars. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> I'm gonna spend uh, a third of it on blow, and then the rest of it I'm gonna film this turkey for you. Okay. And, uh, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do drugs until the dinosaurs look like they have feathers on them, and then I'm gonna make this film. <laughs> uh, Remember though, you can only do the blow when you're Dan Aykroyd's age. <laughs> right yeah any, any yeah that's the same age as when your uh, nintendo cartridge isn't working and you need to uh, right. blow into it yeah right right it's one age for all the blowing <laughs> yeah no, you have to you have to hand the nintendo cartridge to somebody who's dan Aykroyd's age otherwise uh, <laughs> yeah protective child services comes to take oh you away, yeah. <laughs> Protective cartridge services. I uh, heard later that that didn't really work, and I feel like we all kind of knew that, but you did it anyway because, like, something. No, I still believe. Something. Yeah, I still believe there were microscopic dust particles in there affecting those little uh, the tines, s- the slicey bits. Yeah, yeah. Slicey bits, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. One, one thing that I heard was that blowing into it actually, like, one of the reasons it it might work is that you get moisture particles from your breath onto the contacts which makes oh. the 
<laughs> which improves the conductivity. But then it also like long term, it also rests them. The other th- the other tidbit I have about this is that um, they also blew on cartridges in Japan. But the thing in in the United States is that you would blow like starting from one end and going to the other, like you're eating an ear of corn. Yeah, yeah. But in Japan, you just blow once in the center. Huh. Okay. Wow. And huh. Japanese kids are okay with that? Like that doesn't activate their OCD? Somehow this information got like the, the, this meme propagated perfectly throughout each country, but never permeated the borders. Fascinating. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. If that's like an evolutionary behavior that we developed at some point, like, I don't know, you're a hunter-gatherer, <laughs> your, your bush stops working, you blow on it. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's the lockout chip. That- <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, this, berry, this berry bush isn't producing berries anymore. <laughs> Thanks, Nintendo. Oh, there's DRM on my bison now. <laughs> the bush just starts flashing. It's... <laughs> <laughs> PC load letter. <laughs> Are you ready for another topic? Sure. Sure. Uh, my topic is the VR episode of Nowhere Man. Do, have either of you seen Nowhere Man? No, but my buddy Rob is uh, doing like short form clips of Nowhere Man and Buck Rogers, and I've been watching his Buck Roger ones, but I haven't seen any of his Nowhere Man ones. Clips like. This is an entertaining moment from this show. Uh, clips of like, I think he's watching every episode and then commenting on it. Okay, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So Nowhere Man, I believe it was um, pitched as like a hybrid between um, the prisoner and the fugitive. Oh, okay. So the idea is this okay. guy is, for, for some reason, a government agency decides to ruin this one guy's life. Uh-huh. He goes to the bathroom at a restaurant, and when he comes out, his wife doesn't know him anymore. Oh shit! <laughs> like that sort of thing. <laughs> and like it, it's there was one season of this, but it was like a one of those intense like twenty four one hour episode seasons. Oh wow! This guy going on adventures, trying to like figure out, like trying to a like avoid capture by these uh, by whoever is who's coming after him, and b figure out what's going on. And, like, it's all structured, like, to be as mind-fucky as possible. The VR episode specifically, he meets this... He's working at, like, a pizza place because he has to, you know, earn a living. You can't just be a a hobo indefinitely without having odd jobs, I guess. (laughs) Um, And he delivers to this guy who is, like, a a hacker type whose parents died 10 years ago. And he's just lived alone in this house ever since. And is just uh, obsessed with, like, the internet and computers and, like, made a fortune, like, 10 years ago and has been living off that money, never leaving the house. But it turns out, like, he's still living a full, rich life because of VR. <laughs> what, what year is this show from? This, this I think this was, like, 96. Okay, so he's on, like, VR Second Life? Uh, no, it's it's a completely made-up kind of <laughs> VR. Oh, wow. Okay. Like, the, the entire second half of this uh, episode is, like, a heist in VR, basically. Oh. The depiction of VR is really, really delightful. Like, it's it's basically just, like, regular footage, except it's, like, color corrected differently. <laughs> <laughs> and also, like, the actors are, like, visibly having trouble moving their limbs. That's, like, <laughs> that's fun. <laughs> 
<laughs> like there's a scene where they both have to climb a ladder and you see them like missing rungs and like, oh, where is it? <laughs> but there's this like attempt at uh, – I told you about how like he, he lost his wife early on. The, the, the hacker like – downloads his the wife's information off of the internet and then recreates her in VR so that they can reunite. Wow. Which is, you know, it's a it's it's a stab at like being a touching scene. Mm-hmm. But I, I really recommend um the the watching this, even if you're not gonna watch the rest of the series, just for the just for this to see this depiction of VR and like especially like at the end when they they almost recover the protagonist's file from the government agency, but then like they start deleting the room that they're in. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's very good. It's very very good. It's all on YouTube, like the whole series. Oh, awesome! the uh, The episode title is "A Rough Whimper of Insanity," which is an anagram. It turns out for the Information Superhighway. Wow! Incredible. That's amazing. I don't know if I have any comments or questions. (laughs) Uh, We could just talk about 90s TV. That's true. (laughs) Did anybody ever watch enough Max Headroom to figure out what that show was about? I I think we're getting back into 80s TV. I've definitely seen the uh, the Max Headroom like intrusion, like signal intrusion clip. Like I've watched that footage like if you add up the minutes that i've watched that i've seen that more than i've seen any actual episodes of max headroom (laughs) oh also his cameo in uh back to the future 2 oh yeah Yeah, because i feel like i came to like uh when when i was a kid max headroom was just this guy and you're like oh this is like i like smoking smoking dog it's just a guy with a weird forehead Joe Camel's not a dog, but yeah, it's just like, this is just one of those characters that like exists in media and sometimes you see them in things like a California raisin or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and then you, and then you watch the, the show and I thought it was going to be like, oh, here's a show about this character Max Headroom and his wacky adventures. And it's like, no, actually, here's a real life guy who looks like Max Headroom and he like works at a TV studio or something and here's his love life and here's people having some serious conversations and it's like a classic Doctor Who thing happening. Like what is what am I looking at? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I had to I had to explain Mac tonight to <laughs> to a twenty two year old a couple of years ago, and that was weird. That was a weird thing. Yeah, to try and try and explain that. Well, back in the day, we had a giant moon. Yeah, there was giant moon faced <laughs> man who, uh... and he sang a Bobby Darin cover to try to get people to eat McDonald's. At night. <laughs> yeah, at night. Because <laughs> McDonald's is open late. Some of them. Right, some places. yeah. That was like a big deal. They were like, we're not going to close the McDonald's early anymore, Iowa. Uh, I guess it's time for another topic. <laughs> okay. Sure. <laughs> uh, for this topic, we're going to be reading the poem, I fucked up my car by running over a mattress on purpose. I don't know who wrote this. I found a video and then also... Apparently, this turned out to be a copy pasta. The video was created from. We also should provide a trigger warning because this poem yeah. um, mentions uh, uh, abortion in a completely unnecessary way, which is too bad. Yeah. I fucked my car up after running over a mattress on purpose, so it was time to get a new car. I traveled seven miles by foot to the nearest dealership and walked my white ass up to the counter and asked for their best deal. 
They took one look at me and knew I was full of shit, full of shit instantly that I was not to be taken seriously as a customer, but it seemed they were still willing to hook me up and I trusted them because the guys who work there were all jocks like me. And if you were a nerd, then that's something you'll just, just, that's just something you'll never understand. They blindfolded me and drove me someplace for 20 minutes, then told me to get the fuck out of the car. They coaxed me deep into a wooded area by jabbing me with a spike, even though I was fine to just keep walking without the spike. They took off my blindfold and I saw the worst car I could have possibly imagined. It was all fucked up. There were no windows. It smelled like poison. And it was covered in pictures of mutilated fetuses because it was once used at abortion protests or something. But other than that, all of that, it was pretty good. The dealers made me sign some papers and then cut off one of my ears and I was good to go. <laughs> I thrusted my feet through the floor of the, ve- floor of the vehicle and started her up by running my legs like Fred Flintstone. It was instantly clear to me that I had been fooled into purchasing a fucking caveman's car. <laughs> That's it. That's the whole thing. <laughs> and the, the the abortion thing really bums me out because yeah. like it's just a compl- it's like a throwaway line in uh, an otherwise com- otherwise beautiful series of nonsense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This could have just been delightful, clean, all ages nonsense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel like I feel like that's almost a like a feature of copy pasta as a as a form of self expression. It seems like there's always something in there that's just like, why why is this here? Or like, is you know? Oh, you think this is like how I put the trans flag in on Draggy's computer in the Hat DLC? Uh, I don't know. This is just like, I'm just going to put this symbol here to show my allegiance. Oh, okay. Even though it otherwise does not pertain to the story. Okay. Hmm. I think, I think it's 90s uh, style, like, edgelordism more than, more than a... Well, yes, uh, but they're showing their allegiance to 90s style edgelordism. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's part of it. Yeah, otherwise, yeah, yeah. It, it, like, it does yeah. not affect the work. Yeah. 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 I think it's like, yeah, it's like, it's like, I am, I am emotionally 14. I need to, I need to say that so that other people who are emotionally 14 will, will recognize it. Right. And, and yeah. know that I am, I am of them. Yeah. Yeah. And if someone else is going to read this poem on their internet radio show, then they're going to have to deal with my shit and deal with yeah. the consequences. Yeah. Like how you always tell a personal story in your recipe blog. Right. So right. you can copyright it. <laughs> <laughs> Google search algorithms ruined me. I can't. Uh, I can't. I can't make cookies anymore without yeah. hearing about how somebody's great Prussian grandmother made them first. Mm-hmm. It's a real problem. Yeah, not her Prussian great grandmother. It's okay because pretty soon uh, Google will be full of uh, recipes generated by um, language <laughs> models, and none of them will work. Yes. So, <laughs> so the problem will solve itself. Man, I I thought we were already living in the age of rampant bullshit, and it turns out that we're just we're just cresting the event horizon of bullshit. Like we had we have not reached the, the singularity yet. Uh, I'm really hoping that like soon, sometime soon, we will we will decide that bullshit is no longer profitable. Like we'll figure out where the bullshit event horizon is, and then we can <laughs> stop there. Or or we keep going, and a small fraction of the survivors just kind of become Baron Harkonnen floating around with the like the VR <laughs> apparatus on our wasted uh, bodies, and um, and and you know like it doesn't matter how much BS 
is around because we're warm and unsafe in our weird. Yeah, they're just hitting play on this video of uh, fucking up a mattress over and over again. That's. Yeah, I hadn't I hadn't really thought about uh, Chat GPT recipes yet. Um, <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't prepared for it. I just asked for one for cookies. Should we try making it later and see if it makes cookies? <laughs> what an incredible <laughs> idea for a YouTube channel! Yeah, just let's ask let's ask language models to tell us. Yeah, how to cook. I saw um, an idea for a uh, or it wasn't even an idea. It was it was just a it was a Tumblr poll where. Oh. The idea was that the, the tumbler pull was like all the option, all the all the ingredients of a cake, and the idea uh, was uh. that they were going to take the results of the poll and combine ingredients in those proportions. Oh wow! Oh, that sounds like a giant mess. How did it work out? A literal. Uh, apparently, apparently, it was fine. Like it, uh. it wasn't super cakey, but it was delicious, even though oh, it was twenty percent vanilla. <laughs> That's why. You always add more vanilla than the recipe calls for. <laughs> <laughs> you or you use fresh vanilla. I'm I'm good. Ah, I actually like I'm getting get, get frosty about this. Fresh vanilla, like the the beans. Yeah, you got to you well, I guess you use the beans. No, but like use the um use the like like a, like a fresh bottle. It it you know loses oh. its uh its its uh, potency, potency pretty rapidly. Power. Nintendo power. Yeah, but it's it's the same thing with spices. Like, there's a lot of spices where, like, if you uh, like, I'll just I'll just buy a new spice of that type every year. But like, this is totally not what my great Prussian grandmother would recommend. She would get those spices for decades. I mean, she'd go down to the guy who had all the spices in his coat, and he'd open the <laughs> spices, and she'd put a half penny on his tongue, which was the price at the time, and then he'd make her reach into the coat and pull out right. the cardamom or whatever. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. I, on, the, on the cooking subreddit, like people are always like, oh, don't buy the, the jars of spices, because if you go to the 99 Ranch, you can get like a, you can get like 10 pounds of cumin for the same price. Yeah. And I'm, okay, but how are you going to use 10 pounds of cumin before it goes bad? <laughs> like, I'm not a restaurant. <laughs> I eat Mexican Mexican food like once a week. I, I go through an enormous amount of cumin, but that's because I put it on chicken breasts, which we have fairly regularly. And also I make a lot of hummus. And so if, you make, if uh, you're making hummus, you will go through cumin real fast. That That's a good idea. I should make more hummus. That, would, that solves my problem right there. Yeah. 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 You'll be you'll be down there. My spice of choice is garlic salt because you put it on anything and it tastes like it came out of a greasy diner. <laughs> it's incredible. I I do the same thing with with celery salt that I make myself because like McCormick's has the is, is already like ten years old. Like but you have the fresh celery seeds and salt and and it makes anything taste like KFC. You can you can put MSG on anything and it tastes like it came out of a bag of Doritos. Oh yeah, and also tomato powder will make things taste like Doritos. <laughs> If you combine, okay, so if you put uh, celery salt, <laughs> tomato powder, and MSG on something, it would taste like KFC Doritos. Yeah. Cool. Delicious. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm loving it. No, that's somebody else. That's a different. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's back tonight. <laughs> that's back tonight. <laughs> uh, Riff just found out that I. Uh, betrayed him badly over a recipe he got off the internet a decade ago that called for i think five tablespoons of salt go on so i had made this 
I don't know, several days previously to him trying to make it. And I got to that step and I was like, okay, clearly that is way too much salt. I'm just going to take the salt shaker and I'm going to go shika shika shake shake. And that's as much salt as I'm putting in there. So like an eighth of a tablespoon instead of yeah. five. Yeah. Okay. Five, yeah. Um, and then I forgot that that happened. We ate the food. It was good and fine. And then he, having enjoyed it, tried to make the recipe, got to the part where it said oh. five tablespoons of salt. Said, yeah. well, okay, that's what the recipe says. Yeah. Put in the five tablespoons of salt. It was inedible. He was really mad at the time because this was like a recipe that people gave five stars to. And then in the comments said like, yeah, the recipe was delicious, but I put in way less salt because that's a ridiculous, completely wrong amount of salt. He was like, how? How is this legal? Yeah, yeah. Like if uh, if like game reviewers put like the Game Genie codes they used <laughs> at the end of the review. Yeah. Can you still do that? Can I patch Cyberpunk 2077 using a Game Genie? <laughs> I I think, <laughs> oh man, I, d I don't think so. I think they really locked down the security on those things ever since achievements <sighs> became a thing. And also multiplayer. Uh, yeah. But on PC, you can totally mod it. There's like modding systems. That's true. But I don't want to mod it. I want a 12 character <laughs> want, hex. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want uh like a, yeah, I want to type in 12 <laughs> random characters that are guaranteed to do something interesting. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and then and then fine tune them. <laughs> yeah. Memory hack it while it's live using raw C code. Yeah, I, I've I've been working on a Pico Eight game, and mm. Pico Eight is it. So it's trying to be a, a like a retro computing type deal, and so everything important is memory mapped, and so you can just poke shit into memory, and it'll change the operation of the program. And and so like it's actually very much like that where like I'm just gonna uh one of the demos of this idea, like this was actually a like the developer of Pico 8 made this demo where like it's a platformer, but uh every frame one more byte of RAM becomes corrupted. Oh crap. <laughs> <laughs> like it randomly each in a different way each time. That's fun. Yeah, it's 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 very fun. It's a very fun platform to work with. Uh, hot, hot take. Pico 8 is the Dickens Fair of video game development. Except less racist. Oh, is the Dickens Fair racist? That sucks. <laughs> well, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure about the fair itself. Okay. But I went to uh, a performance of the Mikado at Dickens Fair, and I was like, oh, everybody at Dickens Fair is role-playing a racist. Okay. <laughs> I, think, I think I think Mikado the Mikado is just racist is the, yeah. is the problem. <laughs> yeah, but you know, but yeah. by putting on the play, you are you are complicit in the the art. No, I get you. I get you. I just yeah. I I I have never had this experience at Dickens. I mean, like it's you know that time period that they're already larping is uh is had had so many problems already right yeah like the, yeah, yeah yeah i'm not making an excuse for the mikado i'm just saying the like people putting it on i'm just saying but yeah like in in the sense of like it takes just the most fun parts of that era mm -hmm. and tries to distill them into something you can experience now without like going through the pain of like doing it for real 
Yeah, uh, and it's not a good comparison. It's more I can think of better comparisons, but like definitely Pico Eight is an interesting experiment in in doing things in for enjoyment that other people had to do because it was what they had to uh, do. Yeah, right. Yep. Yeah, that's the more that's the more, and you could think of other historical reenactment uh, being in the same in the same bucket, right? Like that I don't, I don't have to do this. I'm doing it because I. You know, because it's interesting now. Churning um, butter. Yeah, yeah. Like a lot yeah. of bespoke crafts. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just nostalgia. In some ways, those times actually were better. Like, meaningfully. Yeah. Uh. Computers, I would argue, were like, n- not not 40 years ago, but I would say computers were like better 20 years ago. Yeah. I was just missing Windows XP. <laughs> I think I think what changed is that we're using libraries that other people have made. We're standing on the shoulders of giants, that, and we do not understand the work of the giants is kind of a common problem. That's part of it, but also there's the part where like people construct software with different intentions. Mm. Like a lot of software nowadays is is built much more in a much more user hostile way. Yeah, whoever invented software as a service, I could just put my entire fist through their face. Yeah, I mean, the people the people who were just doing that when it was, you know, like if you if you're just running something that is is like a monthly service that you need to do, that's fine. It was just turning everything into a monthly services. Yeah, yeah, you can't think of something that like demands being a service, so you just make whatever you're making into a service. Yeah. 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 Right. I want to be able to print until my ink runs out. I don't want to be able to print until I've hit my arbitrary 200 sheets a month. Right. But there's there's also, you know, like just just harried uh, programmers who are, are working their butts off on, on crazy crunch hours, uh, just trying to make things work and like not worrying about whether or not the thing that they're doing is going to somehow crash my iPhone, which is a freaking supercomputer by, by the standards of when I started using a computer, right? Like this was like something yeah. out of, out of, out of like the wildest movie. And uh, you know, it's, it's just, it's crazy that, that someone can just sit down and, and, and just make like a, like a, professional thing that will like overflow the memory on uh, or take up to take up too much memory on on something that's like just the dumbest stuff where it's like i know that this web page is not like you don't need that much right like this app does not need that much power uh and it's either malice or laziness or more often probably again like i I think i think there's a lot of times where somebody's just like madly throwing things together because they're that's what they did on crunch are we uh are we ready for another topic sure chris your topic is there was a space battle over nuremberg in 1561 and the local broadsheets reported on it with woodcuts look at this picture (laughs) from 1561 and you tell me what that is i clicked (laughs) on the wrong link hang on (laughs) (laughs) oh man oh did you click on mattress again (laughs) (laughs) yeah you just you just look at this this uh I see traffic lights. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, when they when they say that some crashed in a field and burned up, and they didn't even use the word crash, I don't think, but like that they whatever the the uh, the, the translation of the word is, uh, but specifically like what the, something here is throwing off smoke plumes, right? Like we like as a modern, you would look at that and be like, this is something something you know, if something fell from the sky and set on fire, right? Like we have kind of conceptual understanding of that this is the one that actually by the way this this is the thing that made me rethink uh whatever they're calling them now uaps or whatever you know in terms of like like oh weird this is some some old korean reports from around the same i think same century. is that what they call ufos now i think so uh unidentified 
aerial phenomenon or unidentified. I mean, they're moving away from aerial because, like, I guess there's some weird stuff in the ocean too. Supposedly, I don't know. Okay. Um, I'm not like a I'm not like a UFO person, but definitely when I saw this, I'm like, oh come on. <laughs> like, <laughs> like these are Tie Fighters. Like that's yeah. that's a star destroyer <laughs> in the back, right? Like. They're giving this account of these, you know, giant metal things attacking and, and you know, things coming out of the sun and, uh, you know, like a, like a, you know, like we would not coming out of the sun. Right. But like, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And I love the I love the you know, they're just trying to strain this through a biblical understanding at the time. And they're like, God sure is wacky, huh? <laughs> like this sure is sure is weird up there in, in Godland. <laughs> like, I just Googled UAP, Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon, and apparently the government office in charge of this for the United States is called the All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office. Yep. That's exciting. They're gonna resolve it. <laughs> if you got a unidentified aerial phenomena, yo, I'll resolve it. <laughs> yeah. Check out the- my other my other favorite story along these lines, by the way, for anybody who wants to look into it, uh, is the guy who was running Project Blue Book uh, back in the day, which was the official attempt to try and look into uh, UFO phenomenon at the time, uh, which was go- like everybody, everybody was going nuts about it. There was a period of time where there were these lights over uh, Washington, D.C. that may have just been an aerial uh, like weather phenomenon that's kind of weird, but like it was panicking people. It was weird enough that actually like the... Um, I think one of the, I'd have to look at who it was, but one of the Joint Chiefs or something like that had to give a uh, press conference on the White House lawn uh, because people were that freaked out about it, right? So the guy who's in charge of, like, investigating this stuff, they call him and they're like, hey, can you get out here? There's some weird, weird shit happening, right? So he's like, all right, fine. He gets, and and he gets on there and nobody who was involved in Project, Project Blue Book, I guess, believed in any of this stuff anyway, right? Like, and we're kind of resentful. <laughs> so this, so he flies out to D.C. where people are freaking out enough that there's, like, a press conference going on. And uh, he calls the the Pentagon and he's like, hey, I need money for cab fare so I can go investigate whatever this is. Right. And the Pentagon's like, no, we're not we're not giving you money for this. This is we're your, not funding your, your investigation that you're already that you're already getting paid for through this other thing. Use use that. Right. And he's like, well, if you're not paying my cab fare, then I'm not investigating it. And the guy who is in charge of investigating this for the U.S. freaking government got back on a plane and flew back to to whatever air force base he was based out of uh elsewhere and didn't investigate the thing that was so serious that they had to call a press conference at the white house because the pentagon wouldn't give him cab fare and that is the most u.s government thing i have ever heard in my life right like, he should have started to go fund me <laughs> <laughs> back in the day they just called that panhandling right right, right. He probably could have just bummed it off of somebody in, yeah. in D.C. at the time. However, they he could have that. hitchhiked. We're like, hey, can you take me to look at the weird lights? I think that was the, <laughs> the, the 50s. Was it the 50s? When was that? Yeah, but it's an interesting... Uh, yeah, prime hitchhiking years. Where do you even go to look at the weird lights? Like, they're in the sky. Yeah. I don't know how he would have investigated that, aside from like, hey, what's going on? And the person just, like, screaming at him. <laughs> I don't know what to, what else to make of this 1561 woodcut, though. It looks like a, somebody making a woodcut of Star Wars. Yeah. I love that later, like, uh, it, like if you if you look into this, to it, it's, it's mentioned in the, the Wikipedia, like, Jung 
did this whole thing where he, he tried to say like, oh, this was a, this was like a mass hysteria of like people's uh, collective unconscious or whatever. And it's like, shut up, dude. <laughs> you say everything's a mass hysteria of the collective unconscious. Yeah. Is it the, the four, the images of four globes coupled by lines suggested crossed marriage quaternities. And it's like you. What? Yeah. To like who? people were having primitive cross cousin marriage issues. And that's why they were seeing <laughs> spaceships. Like that was Carl Jung's take on this. <laughs> so mad. Is that the hero's journey? You marry your cousin and you go to space? I mean, that's almost the plot of the first Star Wars film. Right? Oh, like, fuck me. Yeah, go to space and kiss your sister. Oh, is Luke a baby Mario and Leia's a baby Luigi? Oh. oh and no. they can't. <laughs> They can't breed because they're both adults of the same species. No, they're both adults of a different species. So I think Anakin's a baby Mario and Padme is a baby Luigi. A baby Luigi. And that's why they have no chemistry. Right. And they have a a Wario. Yeah. But they do breed, but their kids are going to be sterile. Yeah, their kids are going to be sterile Wario and Waluigi. And that's what happened. (laughs) I heard they actually had mad chemistry on the set, just not when the cameras were rolling, because George Lucas can't direct people was a, a thing that's gone around. I don't know I mean, if Imagine true. trying to kiss when George Lucas is staring at you. Oh my god. I couldn't do it. He's got his beard, <laughs> his big like glasses eyeballs. He's like, okay, smooch, lick each other. Go, make the <laughs> kissing. Yeah, more less less like looking at each other, like talking like people and more complaining about sand and using words like younglings, please. <laughs> To make it as artificial sounding as possible. No, no, none it's, of that. Yeah, it's funny because they'll complain about sand. They'll never complain about how boring a trade dispute is. <laughs> <laughs> if it was like, like Padme was like, Anakin, I am so bored from all the government shit that I have to do on this planet over these like trade disputes or whatever. Do you want to have sex just to like relieve my tension? <laughs> <laughs> I like it how so much, so much slash fiction of the prequel films is probably better than the prequel films and the sequel films for that matter. Yeah. The fan theory where Jar Jar is the Sith Lord is fucking incredible. <laughs> <laughs> like he's yeah. playing the long con. Uh, regarding atmospheric phenomena, uh, Andrew Plotkin made a blog post in like early 2022. It's a it's a blog post that goes on about a lot of things, but. The thing that struck me was he posted a photo from the sky before Hurricane Sandy in 2012. And I think there are a number of phenomena happening here where like ice crystals in the atmosphere are like forming very interesting patterns of light. Uh, and But what you look when you look at it, what you see is like it. you can clearly make out what looks like a human eye and you can clearly make out what looks like wings. Huh. And you can clearly make out what looks like wheels within wheels. Which are all the things that were described were, were like all ways that you describe uh, biblical angels. Yeah. Like the middle part of this blog post is about how like if you see something like this in the sky and then a hurricane happens, like mm-hmm. that clearly meant something. Yeah. Sure. Something yeah. like this is probably the origin of the idea of angels as like a a terror. Yeah. Certainly, if you saw a bunch of like weird geometric nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's definitely an eyeball. Yeah. I don't know. I always, uh, 
I've never known what to think about that because I the the last time I thought about about the the biblically accurate angels was when uh, Google Deep Dream was just making biblically accurate angels out of everything. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was I I was wondering about the fact that like since people on psychedelics oftentimes uh, also see wings and eyeballs on things, uh, if like that's like maybe that's just the default visual pattern recognition mm-hmm. or something is that like if you know if that breaks you just see eyeballs and wings but yeah. this is uh, this is interesting I mean, eyeballs are probably one of the first things you see in your life wings not so much maybe it's a generational memory from back when we did have wings oh yeah i miss my wings hey dude we came out of the ocean Right? <laughs> well, fins are like wings. Fins, that's true. Yeah. Fins are kind of like wings under the water. Yeah, yeah. Sure. fish wings. Yeah, yeah. fish, 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 fish wings. wings. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds, but one of the things is, like, I don't, um, I can I totally buy this as a, as a, the, the flaming wheel stuff, but, like, I, I try not to, uh, like, underplay the, intelligence or reporting of people reporting stuff back in the day just because they were pre-modern people because sometimes that gets backed up later not 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 biblically accurate angels just like right like a lot of stuff that was supposedly like roman propaganda or something turned out to be true right like things like that or or way back and like nobody you know i can think of like racist examples certainly like no nobody could have built the pyramids then without modern white geometry and it's like (laughs) that's yeah. Not true, guys. But like sometimes, you know, it's just, it's just like I don't like maybe they saw something else, and you know, they they knew the difference between like a cloud phenomenon and whatever the crap they were seeing. I don't know. I'm not saying. Yeah, maybe they were just saying, on like, lots and lots of drugs. Right. Maybe like everybody was just eating magic mushrooms for food all the time. Yeah. And, like I I still don't know if this is apocryphal, but a thing that I learned about uh, the Puritans was they were just fucking drunk all the time because you couldn't trust the water. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't trust the water on the East Coast either. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why you have diabetes. That's why. What? Oh, right. High fructose corn syrup. Yeah, Yeah. good old HFCS. Oh, love it. (laughs) Could get the diet stuff, but then that's aspartame, and who knows what that's even... It's in everything. (laughs) It's got it's got a bitter aftertaste. No one likes it. Yeah. <laughs> also, fuck stevia. I said it. <laughs> it tastes like metal to me. Stevia does. Like it tastes like aluminum. You can see that. Not a fan. Yeah. Not a fan. It's like the leaf taste hits, and then the sweet hits. <laughs> but it's the I wrong like- kind of sweet. I like how you can say leaf taste, and like people can probably get a pretty good idea of what, what leaf taste is. I just taste. want things to be less sweet. I want to drink a Coca Cola with like ten percent. That's like ten percent as sweet oh, as yeah. it is. They should make they could call it like Coke grownups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess they tried that with Pepsi Black. Oh, I haven't tried that. I tried Coke Black, which is just... Oh, yeah. I'm probably thinking of Coke Black. Just okay. Coke and coffee. It's, it's, yeah, it's like Coke, but it tastes, it's also like mixed with black coffee. It's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's like, You've mm, made it more bitter. Not, it's not exactly what I wanted. This is worse than Coke and coffee. Yeah. I might, might have been conflating it with the Pepsi Peeps flavor, which is the opposite of the thing that we're talking about. Not familiar with this. My, my Marshmallow Peeps flavored Pepsi. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. 
Which, like, if you asked me to taste a Pepsi, and you were like, what? What is this missing out of all the, like, classical tastes and flavors? What do you think we need to add to a Pepsi? Sweetness would be the literal, like, it would not have made my list. Well, how do you even know is the, my question. Yeah. You know what sounds incredible, though? Huh. Like a Coke or Pepsi syrup peep gusher, where, like, you bite into the peep oh. and it just releases, like, soda soda in your mouth that would be incredible i would eat one of those <laughs> i think i would eat a whole bag and then feel really bad about myself oh yeah and then you'd lie on the floor <laughs> complaining about how you ate those gusher those right? soda gusher peeps sorry jenny i can't play dnd <laughs> tonight i ate the peeps I now the i have peeps. to lie here yeah uh, uh, <laughs> what are my life choices uh, how could you let this happen why didn't anyone protect me from myself and my choices uh. <laughs> yeah that's no yeah 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 fuck being an adult with agency <laughs> just eat them peeps eat them peeps you, you can't be blamed for this <laughs> it's, it's it's a super stimulus <laughs> Like it, it, it's literally like it exists to to overwhelm your senses and your ability to make decisions. That's the whole point of it. That's true. Shit, are we off the hook for those? Well, no, oh. no, you still. <laughs> but it is like very human and understandable. Uh, okay, you still have to fucking step up and make good decisions. But <sighs> yeah, oh, oh. but when you don't, everybody knows why. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why my brain went there, but it was just like, just because the Nazis are trying to recruit you actively through YouTube videos doesn't mean that you do it, right? Like That's okay. Yeah, yeah when you put it like that. <laughs> like, not to compare... Uh, Peep soda. No, you know what? I will. I will compare the frickin' sugar industry. They have some things to answer for, historically. <laughs> they have a lot That's to true. answer for, both in modern times and in recent times. Both modern and recent times? The yes, two genders wait. of time? The two, the gen- the two gen- <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> but yeah, 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 I absolutely, I, I, the, the sugar companies are, they're up there with the, uh, with the fascists. Yeah. Yep. They've done some, they've done some awful stuff. I think, it, you know, like same, same picture meme, right? Like uh, some, <laughs> some eras, yeah, right. places. Wow. This is bold. Uh, and that's all the time we have for Topic Lords. <laughs> hey. <laughs> uh, Jenny, if this is something that you want, where can people find you on the internet? Oh, lordy, I'm on I'm on Mastodon, but I don't do <laughs> it. I don't Mastodon. I don't know. Google me or something. I'm <laughs> in places. <laughs> and, and Chris, if this is something that you want, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, I am I am I am off social media still because. Uh... It makes me happier, and if I could stop reading Reddit posts too, and just like curl up like a, like an Ouroboros eating myself and disappear completely, I would do that. <laughs> but I can't. So. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, yeah. I still am on Mastodon and co-host, but I almost never actually read either one. Like even replies, I'm just like, I don't have time yeah. for this. <laughs> <laughs> Please stop adding me. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's a write only medium for me. Thanks so much for being on. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Yeah, thank you. Hi, this is Jim. This is the audio I append to every episode of Topic Lords. Congratulations to our newly anointed lords. This episode was edited by Esper Quinn, who can also edit your episode if you contact them on Twitter. If you'd like more people to hear the show, you can tell your friends about it, or rate and review us on whatever podcast service you use. 
You can add content to the Topic Bucket by emailing topicbucket at topiclords.com, and you can contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com slash topiclords. Patrons get episodes a week early, and you get access to the Topic Lords Discord, where you can discuss topics with all the lords that hang out in there. See you next episode!